I pay my respects to the traditional custodians of the land from which I'm able to create, record, and share this podcast. Hey everyone, it's Sarah. Welcome to the very first episode of Conversations in Colour. We live in this diverse city of Melbourne where there's a lot of emerging local talent. As someone who enjoys music, I've been curious as to how hip-hop, a genre originating from America, has made its way into the Australian music scene. In this episode, I share this space with Daniel Elia, a Melbourne-based artist whose conscious lyrics encapsulates the experiences of being a young black man in the world. We talked about everything from his beginnings as a dancer to the personal responsibility of being a hip-hop artist and giving back to the community. Hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Daniel. Hello. How you feeling? Feeling good. Thank you for having me. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself as an artist. Cool. Um, Daniel Ilya is a is the artist, I guess, name brand. Um, I don't like thinking of myself as a rapper. That's one thing like a lot of people don't know about me. Like I think of myself as an artist, and when I say artist, not a painter, but I guess just a, a person who has an outlet, a creative outlet, and you're able to use that outlet to express yourself in different ways. And so I'm, I'm an artist because I use my creative thing to you know, express myself and try to not just express myself for fun, but also try to address issues and things like that, perspectives. If you were to reframe the way that people see you, mm. The way that people view you as a musician or, you know, mm. as a performer. Yep. How would you actually want people to see you as an artist? Um, I guess I would want them to see me. I always think of myself as like like a superhero, I guess. And yeah. like, um, you know, because I'm, I'm so in love with superheroes and just their stories and, you know, the concept of the hero's journey. And so I feel like as an artist, that's... That's sort of like who I am. I feel like I'm a superhero and I take, I make sacrifices and I somehow save people, even though people don't know they need to be saved. And that's what a superhero needs to do. And it's like, you sacrifice your personal life, you sacrifice your own ego, or you sacrifice your, just who you are as, as a person for, you know, to be the artist and so when I put my artist hat on it's like that's it like I can't be a person like I can't have I can't have emotions or things like that but I mean I can I mean, have you kind of have to distance yourself from, exactly distance myself detach yeah. myself yeah. from um the the mindset a person would have like kinda a normal okay, I guess an average get, yeah. person because yeah because music is your Exactly. Is your is your grind. Exactly. So like it's like you can't really complain about certain things. Yeah. It's more like you just do it and whatever it, the outcome is, you get ready for the next thing, you know. In that aspect though, you do want people to see the human side of your music, right? Yeah. I mean the yeah. the stuff that you rap about. Yeah. Well it's like it's weird because I feel like I am the person writing the story, but also I'm the actor in the story How, I'm, I'm what the do you superhero mean? in the story so like by wanting people to see my personal side I'm kind of like 
I'm letting them see that side. Yeah. I'm letting them see that I'm vulnerable. I'm letting them see me get defeated or whatever. Um, I'm Can unveiling. You tell me how? Um, just in my music, like how vulnerable it is. Like, what do you talk about for for mm. let let's uh, let's approach this in a way that no one's ever listened to your music. Yeah. No one knows who you are. No one's yeah. ever seen your videos. Yeah. What do you talk about in your music? I talk about a lot of stuff, but. The main themes that that seem to um, reoccur in my music is just like the fact that I view Melbourne and how, like how I see Melbourne and and like you know themes like family, sacrifice, finding peace, um, depression, you know I guess equality and stuff like that. Identity. And identity is is a big thing, but I never really touch on it. Mm. If anything, identity is like the underlining um it's just there it's like yeah. underneath my music but i never really bring it out to i don't know to the forefront because it's that front of stage it's kind of just yeah exactly there. exactly like yeah. i feel like people are, they'll be able to tell if they just listen to my music mm. that that's a big theme like without you identity. having to explicitly without, say yeah without having to um yeah say it and so so that's how i kind of carry it like i'd, I'd rather people just figure it out for themselves and I just give them all the main main stuff you began as a dancer initially yes I did how did you know that <laughs> <laughs> well the funny thing is I didn't know that and mm. I was just gonna say a lot of people do know that you started off as a, as a dancer yep yeah but then a lot of people that you've that you meet now mm. or that you've met maybe in the past year or two yeah probably didn't know that you were a dancer yeah true. i'm i most definitely didn't mm. so you have that kind of entertainment side of you i mean you started that quite young mm. since high school you've been dancing right yep since you know since we were young yeah you were dancing. since i was eight yeah 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 um you've seen quite some success as a dancer as an entertainer why then did you decide to pursue music and you've been doing music now for about five, six years. So that's a long yeah, time. It is a long time. Why? Why did music seem like like the next thing to do mm. after having tasted that? Well, uh, like dancing was amazing. Um, since I was little, I wanted to become like a well-known dancer, or like yeah. just to be on big stages for I don't know, to for a while, tour the world, dancing and stuff like that. So that was definitely like the driving force behind me dedicating myself to dancing and practicing every night and stuff like that. And so after after the big concert, after the f touring that we did, you know, it just felt like for me dancing was fun because I got to do it with my friends. Yeah. And you know, we we were all young and so to be How old are you guys? I was probably I think I was 18. No. Wow. Yeah, I was I turned 18 when we were touring wow yeah and so and everyone else were like they were like under 18 so we couldn't even go to clubs when we were That's like crazy. in brisbane or sydney because they were just young and and so like everyone was in high school everyone was um they were still trying to figure you know life out mm -hmm. and stuff like that so after we did that big you know concert what was the big concert it, and it how was, did that come about it was called um super fest three 
And it just came about because we were so committed to dancing and we were out in the city busking, you know, just networking with people that are in the dance community. Um, and then we were just lucky enough that the right person saw what we are, what we are capable of and how, because when we danced, it wasn't like just like having all these like moves and stuff. It was, it was more like it was entertaining. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like full, you know, choreography from start to the end. Mm. It was more like there's a lot of entertainment in it. Yeah. And so it was really engaging to anybody that was watching, and so the right person saw us and they they connected us with the right people. And then before you know it, we ended up on the big stage touring doing all this stuff you know being on the same stage as t-pain you know um i think ti as well was there and so it was and good super fest yeah. super fest yeah um and it was good it was a good experience but at that moment when i was backstage i think that lit up it ignited that light where i was like maybe i should maybe i should try this you know or, how how this like you know music? yeah i was kind of like asking myself questions subconsciously i was asking these questions where how would it be like what would i do if i was you know if i had the mic on me like mm. how would i approach it and it was that kind of thing and then that year ended and then we didn't do much with dancing because everyone was growing up everyone it was like i don't know year 12 year 11 for a lot of us and I think by that time I've already graduated. So I was just looking at studying courses or whatever. So I was pretty chilled. I was like, I would continue with dancing, but everyone else is too busy. And, and so it was this kind of like, I guess, separation because everyone started finding their own way. And then I started looking at music, but it really, it really just came naturally to me. Like I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it. It was just like, I was just like, you know, I'm gonna buy a laptop, bought a laptop, started recording songs. From there, I never stopped until today. Like, it was like that's how, how old literally are you when started. You bought a laptop. Um, I was 18. Um, I was turning 19, so it was like I bought the laptop. It was maybe like February or something, 2013. It was weird. Damn. Yeah, it was like February. What laptop was it? It was like a MacBook Air, the worst laptop you can buy for like music stuff. But I yeah. didn't know better. I was like, I'm just going to do it. I did that. But the one thing that people don't know like about that story is I actually went to so many studios and spent a lot of time um, at different studios. Let's talk more about hip hop. Um. I wanted to see or ask you what your opinion on the influence of hip hop culture um, from mm. America, from the States. Yeah. Um, on Australian music. Yeah. Especially within the Melbourne scene right now. There's like, there's so much to say about that. Like, there is. You, like, hip hop has always been that one genre that influences. Not just, I guess, music, but a mm. lifestyle. Um, yeah. You know, it like you see people, you know, you see it in the fashion side of Melbourne. You see yeah. it in, you see it in the way people carry themselves. It's like you know, it's street like wear. it's yeah, exactly streetwear, and people like commit themselves a hundred percent to to the genre or to the culture that the yeah. genre created, because um, there is a hip hop culture. It's not like hip-hop and mm. a, you know a separate thing like 
there's a lot of people who wear like old school stuff like old school hip-hop you know kind of like, kinda like clothing inspired. 90s yeah. vintage kind of stuff you know the baggy baggy jackets you yeah. know all the stuff that you would see in hip-hop videos mm. back in the 90s you, you you often see that you know as a fashion that people still carry till this till this day um there was a lot of i mean there still is a lot of brands clothing that became you know popular exactly popular because of hip-hop mm. a lot of them gucci is one of them yeah. you know but do they cater for hip-hop they don't mm. and so hip-hop built a lot of companies that way like a lot of brands through just trying to be unique because hip-hop is not just the music it's also the fashion mm, it's a people exactly it's how you express yourself through mm. you know through the fashion through the music and stuff like that and so a lot of people were trying to be really unique when hip-hop was birth and i think we still carry that i think hip-hop still carries that that you know to stand out and just be yourself mm. and that's what a lot of people forget they think that it's they think hip-hop is about seeing something copying it and then pretending it's yours right. it's more about like what you can bring to the table kind of thing and be unique and i don't think a lot of people in melbourne understand that side of hip-hop and so often it's like you know taking something and then claiming it as if it's yours but you don't understand the significance you know behind it you don't understand the story imitation isn't necessarily bad mm, it's, yeah but i think the bad side comes from copying a culture that's not yours exactly um yeah what does hip-hop mean to you as an individual it's like <clears throat> it's a responsibility like it's you've got to carry it out till till the end like you can't just like you mentioned like there's the bad side of like you know people being influenced by hip-hop loving hip-hop so much that they just take stuff from it mm -hmm. but then they're not willing to go through the struggle that hip-hop has to offer you know people forget that yeah hip-hop is a black culture hip-hop is a black genre people take the good they don't want to take the bad they don't want to you know it's kind of like people want to be black but they don't want the black struggle mm. and that's exactly what hip-hop is it's like dna it's like if you're gonna take it it needs to it needs to be with you at all times you need to carry it 100 percent and that's what i do i carry it with me 100 percent. i don't try to change it i don't try to like hide it away or whatever you hear it in my music and so yeah it's a responsibility you can really feel that responsibility yeah it's a responsibility and, and it goes back to like being a hero being a superhero it's like once you put on your cape once you put on your uniform you know that you're gonna get damaged you're gonna get injured but you know why you're doing it and that's what i do like i go out there as daniel Elia on stage say the things that often a lot not a lot of people are um, able to say because they're scared but i say it anyways the track I made is called Promised Land. You know, it's it just talks about it's a sentiment to people of color, to the indigenous people of this land. And there's so much. Um like it's just brave. It's like it's stuff that people don't want to say. Do you so, think hip hop allows for that? Yeah, that's how it was birthed. Like mm. it was birthed out of people going through a lot of hardship and struggle and frustration and they don't know how to they don't know how to deal with it and so 
when they had the mic and a really good beat behind it, it's like, all right, cool. It makes it easier a bit for them to express themselves. And so that's how it kind of like, I guess started. It's just going against, you know, resi resisting against, I don't know, the system, I guess, or, you know, breaking the rules because you know that, you know, you don't want to be, you want to stand out. You want to break out of the box and hip hop allows for that. It allows for you to express yourself fully. You mentioned something about uniqueness and how hip hop is unique because it came from, I guess, the outcasts of society, mm -hmm. right? The people who were looked down upon, the people who were pushed away, the people who were discriminated against, mm -hmm. black people. Yeah. And that uniqueness is what makes hip hop so important for regular people, for everyone. Not just in music, but um, the mental, like I guess the the philosophy behind mm. it. Yep. Um, do you think that it's it's dangerous for up and coming artists within Melbourne to be pursuing hip hop then? Because hip hop is meant to be for the people, right? Mm. There's like you mentioned, there's that responsibility yeah. that if you're going to pursue hip hop, exactly, you've got to be in it all the way. So for people, for people of color, how do you receive people doing hip hop who aren't black? Like the one thing about hip hop is it's very welcoming. Mm. And as I mentioned before, if you're going to wear it, you have to wear it all the way. You know, if you're going to wear it, you got to take the good and the bad. You can't just take the good side of it. And so a lot of people fall in love with it so much, they start, they, they think that they are hip hop forgetting that it's a, it's a black genre. And so my perspective on that, people who do it, who are not, I guess, of um, uh, if, if they're not black and they do it, it's like, it's fine, you can do it. But you've got to also remember your position mm. in, in the society. Often a lot of people forget. I feel like in life, it's all about how you kind of see a position. And, and hip hop is like, you've got to know your position. You know, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, because hip hop is welcoming, if you're gonna be welcomed into this genre, you've got to take that responsibility also to be able What's to. What's that responsibility? It's to, to, to first know, like, who you are, mm. you know, and to know that, to know the history behind hip hop, to also know that, that when you do hip hop, it'll be perceived or received differently mm -hmm. to how when a black person does hip-hop, right? Mm -hmm. A white person does hip-hop. There's so many examples. Post Malone, mm -hmm. Eminem, um, Justin Timberlake. There's so many. They, they take the genre, I mean, not take it in a bad way, but they fall in love with it and they immerse themselves into the community of it. They make the music, but they're, they get more praise for it. Mm -hmm than the people who created it. And I think as as that person, as that individual who is not black, who does hip hop, I feel like it's also, you should use that platform to be able to acknowledge. Yeah. Acknowledgement is a big thing. Acknowledge the fact that, you know, hip hop is a black culture, you know, and for what it is. And also educate, just two things, acknowledge and educate. 
people. Acknowledge the genre, educate the people that are listening to you. Otherwise, there'll be a lot of ignorance from mm. the people that listen to you because they're going to think that you created the genre and then they're going to go out there and do the same thing. And then it's just like, it'll slowly just, I don't know, it'll slowly it'll destroy. Lose its meaning. Yeah, it'll lose its meaning. It'll destroy the, I guess, the spiritual side of it yeah. that was created, the foundation of it. From um, what it was built upon. Exactly. I think that's a good note to make. When we look at the rise of hip-hop here and the influence of hip-hop in Melbourne, it's awesome to see local talent, mm. you know, kind of getting exposure, being played on the radio, being shared on social media, etc. But often, the again, like, like what you said, the history gets lost, the meaning gets lost. So it's very important that, um, yeah, like you said, that we acknowledge this. And that we can detach ourselves from what we think we love yeah. in order to actually retain the philosophy of what hip-hop is. Exactly. exactly. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. When did your family move to Australia? It was, I think it was 2000 and end of 2006, I think. How old were you? I think I was 13. And why did your family move here? To escape, to escape, um, to escape the corruption that was happening back home. Yeah. A lot of people have a common, have the same story. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, it was, it was bad. And I think my family made, my parents made a big sacrifice to move here for us to get education. So that way our lives can be better. That's like the number one thing back home. Mm. It's like, if you have good education, your life can be better. And I definitely see that perspective now, like education. But like, I see it a little bit differently to how my parents see it. My parents, how do you see it? They, well, they see education as like, go to school, go to high school, university, get a degree, then you get a great job. I see education as, you know, attaining knowledge. You know, just having as as much knowledge as you can. Because if you have all that knowledge, knowledge is power. You're able to do a lot of things. Yeah. I think as a, as young people growing up, we don't see the value in education mm. as our older parents, grandparents, generation do. Yeah, facts. I mean, I I see why they why they would see education as a big thing because. When you put yourself in their place, where they were, having education is such a privilege, actually. Yeah, yeah. And here, you can go to school. Anyone can go to school. You can go to a public school and get education for free. Do you think, though, that it puts pressure on young kids of migrant parents? Yeah, it does. It puts, yeah, it puts a lot of pressure on them because it's like, I mean... You know, I'm living comfortably. I'm here. Why? Why are you stressing me out about education? You're like, because mm. when you come to a country like Australia, I feel like there's so many other ways that you can find a job. Mm. You know, not just through high school, university, getting a bachelor degree, and all that stuff. And so, a lot of kids immediately know that. 
but their parents don't because they obviously sacrificed so much to come here for education, so they expect you to go through that. How did your parents take you wanting to pursue music? <laughs> there was a lot of lecture from it. There was like, well, it was dancing first. So it was like mm. really committing myself to dance, dancing and having so many gigs, performing, not making too much money, not making enough money. Sometimes the gigs are free. And mm. so they just, they, they thought it was just a hobby and they wanted it to just be a fun thing that I, that I would do once in a while. Um, but I was so committed. I was so committed to it and transitioning into music, the level of commitment increased. You know, I was really committed about music. And so I think they were just a bit worried that I was wasting time. There was, there was a lot of that. They, they will often tell me that I'm just wasting time with music. Like, what, you know, what are you like? What are you doing? Like, you're not even getting paid from it. You're not making enough money. You know, all these things. But I think deep down, they also respected the fact that I I was so committed to it. You know, and it's like when you see someone so committed to something, you know, you really anything, yeah, you can't really say anything because like if they're that committed, it just shows you that they're able to apply themselves apply themselves properly. And so you hope, you hope that one day they transition from doing something that's, you know, that's not, that's not as guaranteed as music, you know, into something that's more guaranteed. I think they still have that hope. You were 13 when you came to Australia. That's... Yeah. That, that's an age where you know what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. You for, you've already formed your own opinions about things. You start talking yep. back to your parents. You start questioning things. Yep. Before you came to Australia, you were in Egypt for a bit. I was, yeah. How long were you there for? Mm, maybe like two to like three years. It, it felt like it was long, but it, it wasn't, yeah. Yeah, there's a reason why it felt long, right? Uh, the first time we spoke one-on-one, you mentioned yeah. that you, you felt like an outsider in Egypt. Definitely, yeah. Do you mind explaining that a bit more? Yeah, I mean, if anyone knows, I guess the the little beef between Egyptians and like Sudanese people, there is. I mean, you know, to just kind of be straight up about it, it's Egyptian people are like, yeah, they don't think they're African, and so there's there's racism in Egypt, like like big time racism. Like if you walk down the street and you're like, you know. A, darker complexion you're Sudanese they will call you names you know they will call you chocolate or whatever you know like doctor like all kinds of names and I've heard so many stories when I was there you know I was called names as well and so it's like I guess it's that upfront racism or whatever Mm. I don't know how that beef started but like it's there and when we went to Egypt we experienced that and it was it was a hard environment to try to like adjust to because you know you're not wanted in that country but you have to like live there you know until until you had to leave but it was just like being cautious you know just making sure that you're like home at a certain time you know you can't go to other like you can't go far away from the house all that all that stuff um i i you know i was really young so i didn't really know why why people like why people call us names and stuff like that. And I was trying to figure it out, but I didn't really understand it. 
and I, I don't think I put too much thought into it because mm. I was still young and I, I had other things that I concentrate on I guess when I was young but yeah it was there and we moved there to um, I think it was like for a family kind of visit and then from there there was a lot of conversations about you know going to another country instead of going back home to Sudan and so we were meant to go to America but we didn't so we came to Australia and how have those experiences changed since coming to Australia I, I still feel like an outsider here like from day one you just knew like you you're you're an, you're an outsider you know that's that's simple that's easy to to kind of look at because I'm like I just came to this country I don't speak English you know I don't speak I don't speak you know the the language really well so it's fine it's fine to be an outsider you came here for a better life yeah and in that sense you were forced into assimilating into a country definitely yeah that's new to you in doing so you lose that connection to home yeah you do and not home physically Sudan mm. not just that but home as in family yeah. parents yeah and you say you lose you know that Arabic yeah well and I had a thought recently actually my parents made a sacrifice made a lot of sacrifices to bring us to this country for education and we you know I got the education I mean I'm still getting it but now it just feels like I'm making that sacrifice to assimilate mm -hmm. to become to try to become part of the society mm -hmm. knowing that I will eventually lose the side of home yeah and so my parents made a sacrifice I'm making a sacrifice as well but I've been fighting it I didn't want to I didn't want to fully I convert I guess into this society because I know I'm never going to fit in so why should I be try or why should I become one of them when I know regardless of how well I speak regardless of what I wear regardless of what job I have they're still going to perceive me as you know that you know that individual you know and so it's like it's a hard position to be in because you're basically making that sacrifice to be alone yeah yeah I was just going to say that you're never yeah you're never ready for those sacrifices you know you're never like it's almost like when my parents wanted to come here they I don't think they were ready to say goodbye to like mm. their relatives like you know their brothers and sisters you know but they just had to do it they had to do it because they they knew that it was it was for it was for the better in saying that how has that change your perception of community and identity for me i feel like i'm making sacrifices for the better um so if i'm always if i'm doing something if i'm going through all this hardship alone i'm doing it so i can give back to the community recently you did a workshop yep now you've grown up in the southeast right Southeast represent. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's actually a lot mm. of people. There are a lot of people who are into hip hop in the southeast. Can you just briefly tell us what that workshop was? Yeah. So um, the workshop took place in 
in Noble Park. That's yeah. in the southeast. Um, <laughs> there's a studio called Noble Studio. It's ran by my cousin. His name is Wantu. Well, my cousin and his friends. They're a group of rappers called BCM, Burn City Movement. And they're doing the same thing that I'm trying to do. They're trying to give back into the community. They're trying to help. They're trying to provide a platform for kids who want to get into music to be able to awesome yeah to learn to learn from what we learned from the mistakes that we've done and to also for them to just kind of blossom you know in their own way and that space is just meant it's meant to um nurture nurture mm. those young talents and so they brought me in to to do a workshop on performance techniques around performing and you know engaging with the audience and things like that and why do you think it's important i often see myself in in those young talents yeah. and it just reminds me of how much passion i had for it you know it reminds me of that that innocent you know creative mind that i had for it you know it brings back a lot of great memories and i think it's not just me learning from them but i'm also learning as i'm trying to share my experience with them i'm learning how to to become you know something that i don't really mention something that i don't want to mention like a role model like i feel like it's a big responsibility to be a role model like i'd rather be a superhero than a role model cuz i feel like a role model has to follow all these rules or has to be not perfect but has to kind of like do things you know the right way i can't do things the right way i'm human like i make mistakes all the time and so that's why i don't want to call myself a role model but i do take that position i do end up being in that position where i am a role model to a lot of the kids who have known about me who know the music that i do who listen to it and i am a role model to them and i that's something i can't run away from but yeah i just think there isn't a lot of role models in terms of being in the hip hop community the hip hop genre here there's not a lot of role models for these young talents to look at and say i want to become like this person because this person did this that and talks about all these things there isn't you know we i can't i can't look at you know i guess the big name artists who are out there i can't look at hilltop hoods and say I want to be just like them and I know a lot of kids won't say the same thing. No disrespect to Hilltop Woods, but like we're so different. Their stories are different to ours. They might communicate and they might they you know, they might resonate more. Their music might resonate more with, you know, Australian. maybe your yeah, Australian yeah. kids, but how about kids from different backgrounds, mm. you know? And so that's something that I always try to be conscious of. Mm. try to make sure that the story that I'm telling is a story that I know these kids will go through mm. or other people have gone through. Where would you want to see Melbourne go with hip hop? I want I want more festivals here. Like I want different festivals. I want festivals that could cater to hip hop artists because there are a lot of hip hop artists here and there are a lot of hip hop lovers who listen to hip hop. There are people who like who like just you know strictly listen to like upcoming hip hop artists from Melbourne 
and sometimes they don't know where to find these guys they find they found they find one and they stick to that one person because they don't know there's more and so i want more of that i want more people to know about the hip-hop that that is being made in australia um because it's very important because it's the one thing i feel like that all of us connect you know it kind of creates that connection between all of us as individuals and it's like it's a, almost like a safe space for all of us to just be ourselves and express express who we are and so i want more spaces for hip-hop in melbourne cool yeah please explain who you are again i am a hip-hop artist from melbourne australia um i've recently put out a project called called themenia you know it's the number eight it means the number eight and it's out it's online it's all it's on all the streaming platforms i put out two videos already for the project um my instagram is stretching like luffy because i love anime um where's that reference from it's from one piece so if you're a One Piece fan, we can definitely become friends. DM, slide in those DMs. Yeah, hit me up. If you made it this far, thanks so much for listening. That was Daniel Elia. Please go and show him some love on his socials. It's at Stretching Like Luffy on Instagram, and I am Daniel Elia on all other platforms. If you like this episode, please feel free to subscribe. And if you have any other feedback, I'd love to hear it. So feel free to shoot me a message. Catch you in the next episode of Conversations in Colour.